Welcome back to the show. This week, I talked to my friend Nick about fulfillment and motivation and how that relates to our work. It started as a discussion about how I just became self-employed and how that will compare and contrast to uh, being employed by somebody else. But it turned into a larger discussion about motivation and how we can all be happier and feel more fulfilled with our jobs and careers. Uh, It's an important topic, I think, especially since we're all going to spend, what, a third of our life working. So we should probably feel good about the thing that we're doing. Um, And it's been on Nick's mind a lot. I've thought about it a lot. I hope to discuss it more in the future. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Here it is. Digging in the crates for something good. Hidden gems often misunderstood. Cause you know there's no such thing as too much. Miscellaneous important stuff. Nick. Hello. We're live. We are live. You know, maybe one day, maybe one day. Do you think it's worth it to, to, to do this live? If you had a so, choice, I mean, you, you stream live. So, so, so I would say the reason why I do live is because I, uh, the main thing I want out of it is the interaction. Um, if you're not interacting or like taking live questions, like you don't have to do the amount of interaction that I do, but if you're taking live questions, then doing it live makes sense. If you're doing no interaction with the audience, then I don't see the difference between doing it live and not. Yeah. I know that. I think Joe Rogan used to do his podcast live, but he stopped. Yeah. And I don't totally know why, maybe because he's afraid he would have to cut something out, but maybe I, yeah. Cause I wonder about that. What's the, is is there an advantage if you're not going to be interactive? I come on, I need answers I, right now. I, I think that there may be. You need. I'm definitely the expert on this. <laughs> I think there may be some aspect of people being uh, more interested in content while it's being created, but I don't know if that's overwhelming to where it would make that much of a difference. I don't know. Yeah, it could be like in line with my show since the whole point is to be able to have un- uninterrupted, unedited conversations. Right. So you could say, this is live. Well, and our, our conversations unedited, uh, yeah, you can definitely tell they're unedited. Sometimes we just <laughs> go down 300 different paths and mess up what we're saying and try to say, okay, let's start over. We're going to start over this entire uh, podcast, cut this, throw it out, start over. And then you watch it back and you're like, oh, they didn't actually cut it. They just yeah, exactly. it and kept going. They just made a joke. Oh. That was a funny one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's the fun of it. Yeah. I think for other people too, when you hear a conversation where you're like, oh, that's, I can relate to that because right. that's how my conversations sound. Well, and I think it, uh, it was a big step forward for you because I know that you struggled um, for a long time trying to uh, perfect all of your media that you're creating. Oh, yeah. And it basically held you back from being able to improve, being able to just put yourself out there. And yeah. So I think it was a big step forward. And even if there are mistakes, I think those edges are part of being human. And I think that... Um, 
I, I don't know whether it fits everybody's brand, but it, I mean, it fits my brand where um, I just want to be authentic and be me, whether that is being amazing at something or whether that's being terrible, that's who I am and we all make mistakes. Uh, I've heard it both ways whenever I, uh, I end so up. I've heard it both ways. There you go. <laughs> whenever you make a mistake and uh, you just want to say, oh yeah, oh whatever. I, I, I've heard it both ways. Um, so yeah, we, we don't have to go down too much on that uh, tangent. No, but, but maybe that's a whole other podcast that could uh, yes. be fun. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's true. I, I, I can focus my uh, perfectionism on other projects. It's nice to be able to create consistently and not have to think about it. Yeah, so so what what else are you doing for your um, your craft? My craft, like, yeah. uh, like just creativity? Uh, so, uh, that was a poor attempt at, uh, is that a segue? At, it was try, uh, It was a poor attempt at it. But. Well, here's, I was going to, this is my, what I was going to say while you were talking, cause I thought it was going to be a great segue. Cause you said this is a big step and I okay. was going to say, you know, it's another big step. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I am now self-employed since that's what we're talking about today. There you go. Okay. You've said the words. Look at that self-employed it's in the title it's now in the podcast look so, at us so uh, uh give us give us a little bit of background tell us explain to us why you uh, wanted to make this decision what led to it what it took give us a little bit of background oh man this is not a question i was ready for uh, come on you you know it though like you don't even have to prepare for this this is your life this is That's you true you don't have to go study and say well what was this guy like back in the in the 2020s <laughs> well i don't know people but people do ask that question a lot so, or really why did you want to do that why do you want to work for yourself yeah. and i think my answer is i've just always wanted to work for myself i think i've mm -hmm. always wanted to have the freedom that comes with working for yourself i've always wanted to work on my own projects ultimately it, it's not just working for myself it's working on my projects right because working for yourself right. can still really mean working for other people or clients which is what i'm doing now anyway but the ultimate goal which i think is very difficult and few people do is being able to create what you want to create do it on your terms and somehow get paid for it and i'm pretty committed to that even if that means I'll, i'm 50 by the time that's a reality like i'm pretty committed to that idea and making that happen so this was sort of a step in that direction and how how were you able to make this this first step mm, well i have enough uh client work to to work for myself so networking networking is that was a, is that what i was supposed to say yes okay. no no i know i'm just i'm I'm paraphrasing. Okay. <laughs> we have to have bullet points. By, by the time we're done with this, we'll have a whole list and like, okay, how, like the, okay, I've got it. The title will be how, <laughs> how to title. work for yourself in five easy steps. And you're going to have to write it in those kind of terms where it just like lays out beautifully. And you've got the, the uh, uppercase and lowercase just sprinkled in everywhere. It's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to be like, I need to watch this. I mean, that is like, that sh probably should be the strategy if you want people watching, <laughs> which is, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm I know you're kidding, I'm, but it's true because that, that is very clickbaity, but yeah. it's how you get people to pay attention. And like, honestly, if I saw a video like that, I'd probably click it. Especially if I was like, now, now be honest, if you clicked on a video that said that and the first uh, five minutes was just these two guys randomly talking, 
<laughs> like, I click away. Other, yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. Okay, let's get let's get to some details because okay. I do have information that may be helpful to some people. I that to keep it short, like I I have been thinking about this for a long time. I've obviously been working on this podcast for this year will be a couple of years and creating other things long before that 15 or 20 years now. So it's like anytime I've had a job, I felt like it really took away from things I wanted to work on, obviously, because you're spending at least 40 hours a week there. And while I learned a lot at every job I've ever had and will continue to learn a lot working for myself and working with other people, um, it just seemed like there was so much going on in my life that something had to be taken away. Like I had mm -hmm. to remove something so I wasn't so overwhelmed and I could focus on some of the things I care about because that that's good for my mental health for one thing. So right. yeah, I was able to make that happen. I don't know. I don't know how long I'll be able to do it. I hope, I hope for like forever. You're right. I mean, but if it's only for a year and it's like a failed experiment, then that's fine too. But mm -hmm. I think right now, like it's a great thing for me. Um, do you think that, um, the pandemic played any role in the timing of when you were able to start this? Um, yeah, well, hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I don't know. I think it gave everyone time, a lot of time to think, yep. but it's something I've, I had already been thinking about in one way it like that happening made me think that I, it just, there was no way I was going to be able to work for myself because right. nobody, well, I think everyone was trying to spend less money. So I'm right. like, well, how's exactly. anybody going to pay me? Like people are losing their jobs and I'm going to go work for myself. So, um, I was actually surprised I was able to make it work, but yeah, I'm sure it is a factor because I probably when all that, you know, started happening, I was able to maybe spend a little more time strategizing and thinking about the future and right. stuff that you might not have time for day to day. Once you get caught up in your, your day to day. In, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a, yep. Perfect. Perfect phrasing. Um, but this happening made me, um, start thinking more about like, well, what are other people, what are other people's experiences? What, like, how does working for yourself affect your happiness levels, your fulfillment? Because that's another question people ask, like, are you going to be, are you going to be all right? Like working at home by yourself for yourself? Like, is that going to affect you at all? Mm -hmm. For me, I don't No, I don't think so. I like, <laughs> I think I'm yeah. built, built for like working at home. And if I need to talk to people, I'll, I'll get together with them. So I de definitely, uh, the working for myself, I, I don't have as much, uh, where I can directly relate. Um, working from home, uh, I've had to do that quite a bit lately. And I will say that um, it's different than I expected. I think that um, before, because I am such a um, extrovert, I guess, like I, I'm a shy extrovert, uh, but I do love being around people and being around people, uh, it takes part in my happiness. Um, so I thought that I would struggle mightily working from home for like extended periods of time, but I, I found that I've still been able to communicate with my teams pretty well and I've, uh, enjoyed it. I think that the, I have had, 
some mental health issues and everything that are related to uh, not being around people like long term. Uh, but I think that's more related to not being able to have an outlet outside of work. Yeah. Uh, if I could work from home and then after work, go interact with family, go interact with friends uh, without fear of spreading something, uh, then I think, um, yeah, I think that it would be a different story. And sure. And I, I feel like more now that I could accept working from home long term. Yeah, it is. It definitely changes things when, yeah, if you're working at home and then after work, you just stay at home. Yep. I think everyone's affected by that. So yep. it'll be interesting once it's over the pandemic, whenever that yep. is, um, how people will feel, how I'll feel, because I know it affects me like not quite yet because I'm, I think I'm so motivated and ready, but I know the, the more time I spend at home alone, the worse I'll be i mean everyone needs human interaction but um bigger picture there are some studies on yes how self self (laughs) thank you i'm I'm working on my segues yeah i i could okay so i'm i'm just thinking about you working on a literal segue um I'm like I a Segway mechanic. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm working on my Segway. That's what I. Uh, that's what I left my job to do. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's a passion of mine. I'm a Segway mechanic. <laughs> Nobody really gets it, but they've accepted it. Um, so I just found some articles, but some of them are written about specific studies. And let's see. Let me, where do we want to start? Let's maybe the uh, Brookings. Um. And this is just a little piece I pulled from the, the bigger article, but it said, I show that opportunity entrepreneurs, workers who switch from nine to five jobs to self-employment also improve their physical health. However, necessity entrepreneurs, individuals who switch from unemployment to self-employment did not see a change in physical health as a result of becoming their own boss. Mental health gains, meanwhile, are bigger for those escaping unemployment than for those switching from regular jobs. This is not just because they avoid the stigma of being unemployed, but they all... They also likely, but also likely because they get an identity boost from being self-employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. To better understand whether these mental health improvements are due to self-employment or working per se, I also study transitions from unemployment to regular employment. Indeed, switches to self-employment lead to higher increases in mental health compared to moving to a job in the private sector. Given the large psychological costs of unemployment, it is reassuring to know that self-employment provides not only a livelihood, but also psychological health gains to those who escape the misery of joblessness. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have started there because that's that's a little that's a little bit of a uh, offshoot from from what I'm talking about. But uh, no, that, that's okay. So um, I think I missed the part where um, transitioning from a normal job to self employment. Um, it was was it a small but uh not as impactful uh, not as impactful as if you were uh had no job and then started working for yourself right which which, makes sense yeah makes sense like you have nothing and then you go but it it was still a positive increase yes definitely positive that's why i want to go to a different one that that showed that more uh and 
Uh, with this one, I think, so it says a new study, and I think the new study is from freshbooks.com, which I don't know. Not, hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, yeah, not sponsored, but it should be. But I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder how good the study is, though, just because I feel like, I don't know this for sure, but I've used FreshBooks, so I think FreshBooks is like, they are, they help people who are self-employed, so I'm like, it would they would want to show yeah, that yeah, yeah. self-employed people are better off, but... Either way, I'm going to read it. Uh, Conflict of interest. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm not I'm not a scientist here. I just did some Googling, so yeah, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, you're the, you're the science of Google. That's right. Yeah. Like everyone else. Everyone's yeah. uh, 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 doing research. Exactly. Uh, a new study shows that self-employed Americans report feeling more balanced and less stress than their 9 to 5 or friends and family. The 2019 Self-Employment in America survey taken by accounting software company FreshBooks, so it mentioned anyway says that 70 percent of nearly four thousand workers polled have achieved work-life balance and 55 percent feel less stressed than they did in a traditional office plus 54 percent say they're generally healthier it's a little surprised then that 96 percent of those who have already made the leap from office employee to self-employed say they would never go back and i thought that part was very interesting. It is interesting. I'm, I'm also interested in whether the data shows the, because um, like 54% or whatever it was, 55, um, is not like a overwhelming majority. Um, yeah. So I wonder whether the uh, other 40x percent, uh, whether they say that it was worse or whether they say it stayed the same or. Yeah. yeah and I, I may link that because I did, I did start to go through the, if you go to their link, there's a yeah. full report. Like raw data. And yeah. And they've done it, I think, at least over the last three years. So it's interesting to mm-hmm. to see that too, if if anybody wants to go back even further. Um, but man, that 96% is what stood out to me. Yeah. Of people who switched to that. So maybe, maybe their happiness level did stay the same. But I think there is something important about having the freedom of working for yourself like if you if you were an employee and you knew if you quit nothing would change as far as how happy you felt Mm -hmm. but you would now be working for yourself that that percentage makes sense to me where people would be like yeah i don't want to go back yeah and i mean even the most impoverished areas in the world have some of the highest happiness rates um so it's not um happiness is not as linked to income and job satisfaction i would say probably like plays into it probably more than how much money you have which i think a lot of people's perception is that money is a big part of happiness yeah i think oh well there and i know there's a study that shows up to a certain point like if you have zero money you're homeless have nothing you do get a huge happiness boost from like just making uh, enough to to live on but then there's like i don't know what it is 75,000 or something like that like any number past that the boost in happiness is very little right. which makes sense cuz you get a raise at a job maybe it's $10,000 yeah. well it's like how much does that actually change on your paycheck right. and is that going to affect your life enough where you go man oh, i'm is, so great oh now oh my gosh uh, well, and with the strategy that is like preached or 
I don't know how to say this, but like preach. The more you, the more you make, the more you spend, mm-hmm. and if you're using that strategy, then you're not. You're Smart. not getting longer. You're, oh. <laughs> you're not getting longer term benefits, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you're you're spending it as you're going, and so you're getting benefit at that point. But you're already getting the happiness benefits, I guess, if you will, of the non-essential purchases, whether that's like getting excitement out out of spending a dollar um, on a phone game or something like that. Um, The boost in endorphins that you get from that is the same sort of thing you would get from spending $100. That's a good point. It's like, yeah, is is me buying something small that I want or like going to a movie, is that really that much different than if I were to spend, okay, like $30,000 on a car? Yep. Like yep. that's very short-lived. You yep. go, ooh, new car. This is yep. nice. Well, and one of uh, one of my, uh, uh, one of the upper level management, I'll say at the company that I'm at now, one of their favorite phrases uh, is fun is free fun is free which i mean it's true i mean we could go hang out run around in the park like run around like chickens with our heads cut off be crazy be absolutely ludicrous and is yeah that fun for you yeah that's uh, okay are you telling me that that's not the traditional <laughs> definition of fun well i am laughing so i guess it is fun like i i spend like half of my time just out in the park running around in circles see you've got life figured out though <laughs> No, that that's all you have to do. Uh, but I think that there is something to be said uh, about the way that the uh, economy is always um, growing, if you will, uh, makes it to where even those with less are better off now than they were uh, even 20 years ago, but let's yeah. say 200 years ago. Um, the the people who were the richest 200 years ago didn't have the benefits of the poorest people today. It's so. true. Yeah, and that's like the new normal. Yeah. Like what and whatever in life, you get something new and it's like cool, just like we were talking yeah. about buying stuff. Yeah. But then that's your new normal and they need yeah. something else and they need yeah. something else. It's like, so we keep growing, but it's also never good enough. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, you definitely always want to push forward and like continue to uh, drive for improved overall benefit. Yeah, but improved doesn't mean like I need to buy a bigger house necessarily. Right, right. Like that's not necessarily an improvement. Yep. That's like people searching for happiness. Yeah. Or, and I mean, it doesn't like bigger house may not be directly related to happiness. It may be convenience, it may be comfort. Well, yeah, it's not uh, and, always that someone yeah. buys a bigger house and like you're really unhappy inside. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like, there must be, must be something deep down yeah. that's wrong with What's you. What's wrong with you? That's exactly right. Yeah, because I, I mean, I want to. I live in a you know smaller apartment. Like I want a bigger place. But yeah, um, well, but the the thing is, if you're you're uh, living by yourself, um, to me, I'm more interested in like convertible or. Uh, how do you say it like transformable areas yeah, to yeah. where you can use areas in multiple ways and not need 
a lot of space, but being able to, you're, you're not in multiple rooms at the same time. If it's just you, like you don't need seven different rooms. And I, and I did have a house that was a lot bigger <laughs> than I needed. And yeah, but it's, to be uh, fair, you also bought that house thinking like you weren't going to be living there by yourself yeah, forever. <laughs> right. Well, Okay, I I still hope that that's not, not true, <laughs> or the well, uh, I, I yeah, but I'm saying that it's not like you just bought a house like right. I need all these rooms because exactly. I just need them exactly. Um, yeah, and I I will say that uh, definitely is a stark realization that I never use this room. I am only in here, and I could have made it to where I was able to use this room and this room is the same thing, but like, yeah, um, it definitely, yeah. A lot of space is not needed for one person. That's my opinion. No, I agree. I, I actually, I, same thing. I, I like tiny houses mainly because I like to see how people are able to make it work. Right. And I, I love that seeing spaces. I think it's even in, uh, maybe it's places like China. I swear I've seen like a tiny house unit, but it's like walls slide out of the way and like living rooms yep. convert into bedrooms. And I, I, I love that. Um, the engineering of that. Um, okay. Another thing I really wanted to get to. Sure. I think, cause this is something I've thought about being an employee. Cause I've been an employee for a long time. Yep. Most of my adult life have been employed yep. by somebody else. And uh, let's see, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Inc.com. Um, says you're going to find this interesting Okay, now you are this is going to be a good topic a very small percentage of employees are engaged in their work Mm. by some estimates the number of disengaged workers in the US is as high as 68% Uh, in a study workers in organizations with non-managerial roles had the lowest levels of job satisfaction and engagement. Workers at higher levels were more engaged. The self-employed workers were the most engaged of all. Yep. And I was like, man, that 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 hit hard. Because- I, and I, this is a topic. I think you know that this is a topic that means a lot to me, and that I've looked into quite a bit. And uh, that my coworkers and everything, I try to make sure that uh, they are in the position to where they can be. Um, engaged in their work and yeah uh, like invested in it um so i think that uh we can definitely get into that topic uh, i w- am more than uh more than happy to discuss some of that okay good because i i mean god that's such a that's such a big one i think for companies like that's going to be a reason you lose employees that's why people switch jobs yep. that's yep. why people look for something else yep. but what i think is also difficult for an employer is how do you keep people engaged? Because I feel yeah. like there is there are jobs where it's like we can't really give you more. Yeah. So here's here's the thing, uh, and it's again going counter to um, there. It's going counter to what a lot of people feel like has to be the truth. Um, so you have jobs that are. Um, physical in nature don't touch the microphone i apologize (laughs) that you have jobs that are physical (laughs) all right calm down in nature and you have jobs that are require even the 
most rudimentary uh, amount of creativity or like knowledge. Uh, and so on the side of uh, the physical, um, physical jobs, uh, if you pay somebody an incentive or even like a, a sales job, uh, people are gonna do everything at all costs to get that incentive and so you can pay and hang a carrot in front of somebody uh, in order to get them to uh, like perform better and like be engaged in trying to accomplish that goal. Yeah. Uh, and so you have the, that aspect, but the, the thing is in the 21st century where we are now, most of our roles are knowledge roles. And in that aspect, the, uh, the extrinsic motivation where you have external motivators trying to influence the person based on, Hey, let me hang this thing in front of you. Um, it actually, um, not only does it make you not engaged, it actually causes worse results, uh, because people are not thinking creatively. Uh, It actually, um, limits the amount of creativity in order for people to solve problems. Uh, so the, instead of the extrinsic motivation, what, what may you think is the, the, the way that you approach knowledge workers? Uh, uh, um, give them like the opportunity to learn, I would think, and to grow and expand. So uh, what would be the opposite of extrinsic motivation? I think you captured a couple of them. But um, in, intrinsic. intrinsic motivation. There you go. <laughs> Got it. So there are three aspects to uh, the intrinsic motivators or intrinsic motivation. Are you familiar with any of them? Um, tell me, and then if I am, okay. I will stop sure. you and be like, "I already knew that." I do I? Well, you'll you'll stop me and say that either way. Please do at okay. the end of this. Oh, I already knew it. <laughs> so the the first one is autonomy, and this is a big one. That stop right there. I've used that word a lot lately for myself. Exactly. So I think this is a big one of why you see those in the studies uh, is because a lot of the dissatisfied workers do not have that autonomy. Uh, And so as a self-employed worker, you are going to be guaranteed that autonomy. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Keep keep (laughs) saying those words. Preach. (laughs) Preach it. Um, And so uh, if you have knowledge workers and you are a manager or whatever that understands how important autonomy is in motivation, in uh, being able to get uh, results with creativity and, uh, yeah, being able to get results, autonomy is a big piece of it Um, so i think that we can agree with that one so the next one is mastery and this is what you were talking about about learning and being able to master your craft if you don't feel like you're good at what you do or you're not able to uh, perform or succeed you're not going to be motivated Um, so autonomy mastery and the last one wait before you start i don't want to i this is important uh Mastery, yes. Would that also include like you've mastered one thing, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you're learning more? Say you get really right. good at one task and right. you're like, mastered it, feel good about it. But over right. time, because you're good at it, then it right. just becomes dull. Yeah, I think the, the question boils down to can you do it? And it, it may not be, um, it may not be that you can do it 
right now, but yeah. you have the skills to be able to figure out. No, no, no. But I mean, if I'm, if I get really good at something, right. But then, but then, you're it, just but then bored I'm bored with of it. it because, so it's like, I'm good at it, but I don't right. feel, but maybe I don't feel like I'm good at my job because right. it's like that has become so normal to everyone right. else. It's like, what a skill that is. Right. But then you're so used to it that it doesn't feel like you've mastered anything anymore. Right. Right. Is that same sort of thing category? Uh, I think out of the three, that's probably the, the closest it would fit into maybe a little bit of the last one, but I think this is probably the closest out of okay. the categories. Okay. Please continue. So, uh, the last category is purpose. Mm. So like, why are you doing it? If you don't have a purpose for why you're doing it, uh, then you're not going to be motivated, which, um, like even if you're self-employed, if you don't have a reason for why you want to be doing the thing that you're going to be doing, you're, you're going to most likely just sit there and not do anything. It's true. Uh, so yeah, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. If you have all of those, then you will be intrinsically motivated. Um, and that def definitely helps with the engagement. And you're now you're supposed to say thank you for coming to my TED talk and thank you for listening to my summary of somebody else's TED talk was it from a TED talk uh, the, not just from a TED talk there there are a lot of uh different uh different articles about this it's it's that those three are commonly understood as the um three but there is a TED talk a great TED talk out there over this information okay and he even goes into the candle problem and and all the the um studies and everything that have gone into it um so he uh he did a better job uh so um everything that i said is uh in that information it's in some of the information in other parts but um yeah i don't yeah, th there's more yeah, out yeah. there as well. No, I love that. And I've definitely been spending a lot of time thinking about it. I've not done a lot of, spent a lot of time researching it, but I think I want to because it's like, it's interesting to me. Because especially when I see other people who may be feeling the same way I feel like in a job where you go, well, how do we fix it? Yeah. Because that's not, that's not a, yeah, that's a problem across all fields. Like people, yeah. people are looking for cert or, people search people are looking people for are looking for search purpose meaning yeah. uh fulfillment yeah and you want that in a job because right. you're gonna spend a lot of time there well and you can't you can get some of that fulfillment from a nine to five yeah and a lot of people do and as long as you have the appropriate setup you're a lot of people are able to get that but some people struggle to get that and the purpose and really being tied into and uh, a purpose with somebody else yeah uh, like it, it depends on like what purpose motivates you and well that's why i from. want so a ceo that i like i think he he has said that he um the way he approaches employees is like as as individuals yeah that not everyone wants the same thing mm -hmm. some people are motivated by just vacation time Yep. So like if possible, then you could say, all right, well, we're going to give them more vacation time. Some mm -hmm. people are motivated by money. All right, we'll give them more money. And like really asking people what they want, what they're motivated by. And, you know, of course, some people don't actually know what they want. But, you know, just treating people like an individual instead of just saying this is right. how we. Which both of those that you mentioned are um, 
extrinsic motivators yeah which i will say that it's not that you just completely throw those out the window um i think a big part of it uh, and this is uh, there are some uh, software development uh life cycle or um, the scaled agile framework one of their principles is about uh how you basically give people enough to where it's not an issue it's not something that they have to think about yeah and then focus on the uh the intrinsic motivators intrinsic motivators are more important but make sure that the, these aren't an issue if you're like paying somebody minimum wage to do a job that they could go do for let's say a uh, half a million dollars uh then they're not going to be there. They're going to go to, to the other opportunity. Um, so those are more about like being up to par with uh, everything else that's out there uh, and make sure that they don't have to spend their time thinking about it. Remove that from the equation. Get them uh, into the, the default state, if you will, and then focus on the intrinsic motivators. I like that. I think a phrase that I've used a lot is creative freedom when mm -hmm. just talking about my future and what what i want to me that sums it up but really because that includes autonomy and yeah. uh well intrinsic motivation because that is what motivates me the right. freedom to create and create right. what i want and um so i don't know that's such a difficult problem though because i and it's something that i, I don't think a lot of people are thinking about mm -hmm. motivation Motivation. Oh, it's uh, it's a very it's a topic that I am very uh, interested in, and that I've spent a lot of time looking into. Uh, had a lot of discussions around it as well. Definitely a fun topic. Yeah, I know. I it's, and I've thought I've spent a lot of time thinking about it for myself, and only maybe more recently thinking about it for other people. Because I don't know. I want everyone to be happy, or at least fulfilled, or um you know more than i don't that that idea of just working nine to five and being on that grind like if that if that's mm -hmm. if that's everyone's life if that's the, the next 40 years for people like that's not good yeah i think well, we should especially all whenever you spend a large percentage of your life at work with your coworkers, if you're not enjoying those then i mean some people use it as a means to an end and i'm not going to to fault them for that but it yeah yeah and struggle. I, I think it's it's good that you mentioned like you know some people are fine and feel fulfilled from a nine to five because that's important yep. too like i don't want everyone to just do what i'm doing like i don't i don't have the answer mm -hmm. and i i think that's why it's also important to look at people like individuals and not as a group because yeah some people are perfect for just like a nine to five yeah they like it they want it they maybe they need it they need yep. that structure whatever i mean there's there's lots of reasons to to work a regular nine to five and that's fine um but there's also other options right. and you know i'm biased just with creativity when i when i think about um motivation and like what what a workplace should be like for a creative person mm -hmm. uh i have a lot of ideas on that um because i mean the 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 autonomy part for for people who create things i think that's so huge and that's one yeah. of the most difficult things to get in a job because you're 
you're working for somebody else either that you're working for one client which is your employer or you work in something like advertising where yep. you have a lot of clients and so then like that that creative part is no longer yours because people have expectations right so like i don't know how that works where you right. can you can have some sort of freedom creatively and get fulfillment yep. that way but also satisfy a client i think that's right that's where i get exactly held up. yeah like and I, I think that the creative freedom and the client i think that is an interesting topic that not only from the client and um from you like the if you have uh you're not self-employed one of the things about self-employed is you get that uh, big autonomy uh and so whenever you're in a uh in a group that's working on it like you're not self-employed you're working on a team you can be self-employed and work with others as well but I, right uh, so it's more uh to still have the autonomy but uh still you can have autonomy and just say whatever i don't care what other people are going to say i'm going to do this right but if you mix it in with the purpose it becomes more uh, of instead of having control, um, let's say you're a manager, instead of having control and saying, no, you're going to do this, it's more about influence. So you switch from control to influence. If you have a shared purpose and you both care about delivering the right thing for the client, um, having the, the customer as the priority or anything like that, then you're talking uh, in terms of, no, not I'm not telling you to do this. I'm working with you and we're improving on what you're, you're doing. So you still have the autonomy. We can still improve uh, and learn without you feeling like I'm like just telling you what to do. It's again, very interesting concepts about the difference and the nuances like of still getting things done without the um, like dictating. Yeah. And the control. So that would come down to just like the, the way you uh, manage yeah. then. Yep. And that's, that's a whole other. Yeah. I could go into topic. a whole. Yeah. Which that's difficult. Like to be in, in a role where you're managing other people, well then yep. you're, you're not just responsible for your own uh, well being and, yep. and, and purpose at work. Yep. You're trying to help other people. And like, that's not an easy task. Yeah. Especially if, you know, if yep. you're starting out, you don't have experience. If you've not worked with anybody else who you even like, let's say you're a manager, but you've never had a good manager. Yeah. Well, and how do you, how do you manage people well, in, a, in a good way? Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, like there are expectations that people have, even if they have had good managers, they don't know why they were good managers Yeah. and they feel like, Oh, these are the things that I need to do as a manager. Um, so that transition can definitely be awkward. Yeah. That's, that's another thing where people, you know, just don't like a job. Mm -hmm. like, I don't like this job. I'm going to find another job. And they, they don't even know why they don't like the job. Yeah. They just go get another job and then they don't like that job. Yeah. And so like, I don't think enough people are really thinking about that either, where it's like the grass is always greener on the other side where yeah. you're like, I'll go to another company and yeah. I'll be good then. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, had to throw that in there because I realized that you forgot to do that earlier. I thought I said that earlier. I, I don't think once. you said, you said it uh, at the beginning, but I don't think you said it after I was done with the, oh, okay. the three things, Okay. which I, I begged you, I pleaded for you to say it. <laughs> and after all that work that I did to try to control you, 
uh, I already knew that. I oh, that doesn't really fit there. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't think it fit where I said it either. But I, That's I right. wanted to throw that in there either way. Um. Uh, but you did know that. I, I did. I definitely <laughs> did know that. I mean, I, I've done that, especially before I think I had a better understanding of what I want. Or at least that may have been part of why I left a job because I thought, God, I just got, I need, I need something else. Right. But I didn't really know what I needed or how, you know, a new job was going to do that for me. Yeah. Well, and like, that's a big part of where experience is important and being able to gosh i won't say that just because you've failed or just because you haven't figured it out that you are automatically going to eventually learn why no but that's a huge part it right is a huge failing part. yeah i mean failing just podcasting that's like a huge way to figure things out or anything i've done yeah, i've I mean, failed so many times i mean i'm we're we're failing mightily right now. I mean, really, there's be, there's definitely points in, in any conversation that we've had or have had with other people where it's we it, failed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you really break it down, it's like, is there is there a perfect conversation? I mean, unless I edit it, is it going to be perfect? No, there's going to be times where it's just not what you want it to be. I mean, I think we've had one or two conversations that are like, man, this is like this is the pinnacle. There's nothing that can ever. No, I don't we, know. We've had we've had good ones. Though. I think okay. this is a good one. I'm just saying that if you if you watch it back, if I watch it back as like a storyteller, I'd be like, all yeah. right, well, should I cut that out? Will this speed it up here? <laughs> yeah. Should I? Well, uh, after you go through this, like where, where, the areas where you were reading, I'm assuming that you're going to be showing graphics and everything. Like you're not going to edit it, but you're going to like enhance the content, right? No interesting well it's so not for it depends sometimes for the the longer for the full podcast i mm -hmm. will add videos that i showed for the article i may show it or i'll put a link to it but when i when i where i get to more editing is if i pull out a section so if i pull right. out the section where we're talking about um well where you gave the three Oh, yes, them? the intrinsic motivation. Yes, where if I pulled that out, that's where I would probably add more things. Right. But for this, I kind of leave it as is unless yeah. uh -huh. unless there's like a video I need to show. I try Makes to be sense. as minimal as possible and let it be what it is. Um, and I'm reading, so I yes. Yeah. This is the words that are on the page. That is not how I read. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to wrap it up before we yep. get into another topic. Um, do you want to? You you should uh, plug your 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 thing. Your I your... <laughs> I already said I already said it earlier. We you clicked there. You yeah, go. I've heard it both ways. There you go on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, that's my whole. That's my whole thing. All right, perfect. Well, anything else? Anything else you want to say? Wrap it up about. Uh, yeah, I just want to. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank my mom. Uh, for dealing with me uh, within the, the house. I want to thank Jay for having me in here today, Absolutely. putting up with me all this time uh, and being one of my only outlets that I have to uh, see people in person. I want to thank my fans, all the little <laughs> people uh, out there that uh, that I can control. And, uh, I and don't, you do. I'm trying I'm trying to be creative with it, but it's it's failing mightily. This 
This is what we're talking about. No matter what we try to do, we end up failing. And next time we'll be, no, no, we won't be better. We'll still fail next time and it'll be entertaining. We'll fail a little less. That's the idea. I feel like I fail a little less now than I did two years ago. I, I, I think I fail differently. <laughs> fail differently. That's good. There you go. There, here we go. Here we go. Fail differently. There we go. Fail. What is it? Fail fast. Fail hard. Isn't there some phrase like that? I, I, I or fail know. fast, fail often, something like that. Yeah, Which I like that. that uh, yeah, I definitely, um, I'm all for that. Also, you know that I'm not giving you an award, right? You're like giving an <sighs> Come award. Come on, I, I thought, I thought I was giving an award speech. You said you have the floor. I thought That's this true, was I like didn't say that you're uh you're giving like the music is playing in the background like oh wait i to... need to play you off yeah uh, uh, i wait i i i also wanted to to thank those that were producing the um hola um no nope. <laughs> that didn't work <laughs> i think we just gotta listen what's going on here that should be stopping it oh no stop Oh, oh my gosh, my ears. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Fail, fail number 27. Um, so it's been good talking to you. Hey. Um, can I just... Oh no. Oh no, it's so bad. <laughs> okay, so it's... here's what we're gonna do. I'll just turn down everything. Oh, oh no! My gosh. All right, just it's stick, just going stick, and going and going. With me. Uh, you know what? I think this is. Oh no! We're locked I'm, up. Okay. Oh no! <laughs> well, that was a good song. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh oh! See, I I could. I could edit that out, but I probably won't. No, that was that was definitely pain that all the people watching have to feel, and not just me having to sit across from you dealing with your failures. All right, well, it's a lovely song. I'll say that uh, <laughs> on my soundboard. It's just called Pie. Oh, interesting. And I love pie. So, um, anyway, we'll end on that because that was that was the perfect ending. Uh, if you like this episode, let me please, know. Please let me know. Please let, please me, know. let me know. Please. If you hated this episode, please, please let, let me, me know. know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please, please let, let me know. know. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>